Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. There has been a lot of focus on how the war in Ukraine is affecting its most important industry, agriculture. The country is traditionally one of the world's largest exporters of wheat, corn, and sunflower oil. But as NPR's Jason Bobian tells us, war is also having a devastating effect on Ukraine's second leading source of export revenue, its iron and steel industry. During Soviet times, Ukraine was sort of the Pittsburgh of the USSR. It was the industrial heartland built around coal mines and big hulking steel mills. And in several parts of Ukraine, these mills still dominate the landscape, the local economy, and even civic identity. In the city of Zaporizhia, the Zaporistal steel plant is a gray industrial complex sprawling over more than two square miles. Every day, the plant's giant blast furnaces convert tons of raw iron ore into a stream of molten orange pig iron and liquefied slag byproduct. So here at this place, they are divided and uh, cast iron goes here and slag goes there. Serhii Safanov, the head of the blast furnace shop at Zaporizhstal, says earlier this year, all four of the plant's blast furnaces had to be dialed back to what he calls a low idle as Russian troops got close to the city. Those forces were pushed back, but the plant is still operating at less than 50 percent of capacity. Officials say they have enough raw materials inside Ukraine to keep pumping out rolls of sheet metal and cast iron bars. But they now have a huge backlog of processed metal sitting in Ukrainian warehouses. The main difficulty here is the logistics. Yuri Rajenkov is the head of Metinvest Group, which owns the Zaporizhstal plant. Traditionally, our company and any company in Ukraine who were exporting the steel and iron ore via the Black Sea ports or Azov Sea ports. At the moment, the ports are blocked by the Russians. While a few ships carrying grain have been allowed to leave Ukraine recently, there's still no agreement to allow vessels ferrying other goods to transit the Black Sea. Some of the Ukrainian steel is getting sent by rail to ports in Poland and Romania, but it's slow and expensive. And adding to the logistical challenges, Ukraine's railways operate on different gauge track than the Western Europeans, meaning cargo has to get transferred at the border. This was never envisaged as the main export route for the steel industry in Ukraine. As difficult as it is to get steel from Zaporizhstal to Metinvest customers in Turkey, Italy, and North Africa, the Zaporizhia factory, at least, is still in Metinvest's hands. In Mariupol, Russian forces relentlessly bombed Metinvest's Azovstal ironworks in order to capture it and finally take full control of Mariupol. While Azovstal is now better known, it was actually the smaller of two steel plants owned by Metinvest in Mariupol. The other, the Illich Steel and Ironworks, spread over more ground and with 14,000 employees had more workers than Azovstal. It, too, was seized by Russian troops in April. At some point in time, we'll come back to Mariupol and see what is the state of Azovstal and Illich Mill and see if they can be restored. Earlier this year, Metinvest was paying its idled employees two-thirds of their salaries, including at the Mariupol plants now controlled by the Russians. But in June, the company had to lay off thousands of workers. Marzhenkov says the company right now is focused on survival. The challenges facing Metinvest are similar for other Ukrainian steelmakers and industrial firms, particularly in the east of the country. 
there are a number of really problematic trends that will compound over time. Andrew Lowson, up until last year, was based in Ukraine as an analyst for the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. One of them is the fact that these industries are highly dependent on coal that is mined in areas that are behind enemy lines now or in areas that are close to the fighting. Lowson is now a fellow at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. He says the industrial capacity of Ukraine right now is severely strained because so much of its manufacturing sector is in or near the most active fighting in eastern Ukraine. He says the one potential silver lining for Ukrainian industry is that the Russian bombing campaigns mean that there are lots of roads, bridges, and other infrastructure that need to be rebuilt. Jason Bobian, NPR News. This message comes from NPR sponsor HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com NPR. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.